Oh, what a week for Illinois basketball coming up. Two games, maybe a chance to play for a Big Ten title, at least a share of it. And, of course, an emotional senior night coming up on Sunday. What's Kofi going to do? I mean, that's a good question because I don't know that there is an answer. But the thing he could do is go through with his junior night and then maybe decide he wants one more year in Champaign. Uh, NIL has, has changed that. All right, that's Scott Ritchie, our beat writer. He'll discuss what a crazy week it could be. He'll look back at a uh, one-in-one week and tell you why he dropped Illinois so far down on his AP Top 25 when we come back with Inside Illini Basketball after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Good Monday morning, almost good March Monday morning, but we're close. We have to wait a week. I understand there's one more day of February before the real month starts. Yeah, today is that one more day of February. All right. Well, I was looking forward to uh, the most important month. I'm Jim Rosso, Vice President of News with Scott Ritchie, uh, award-winning beat writer for the News Gazette. Can't get a score right, but otherwise does a pretty good job. I mean, I knew this was going to be a topic of conversation uh, on the podcast today, had someone uh, direct message me on Twitter asking if uh, we were going to talk about my prediction mm-hmm. record. I was like, I'm sure Jim will bring it up. But I would like to point out okay. that, yes, I have incorrectly predicted the last four Illinois basketball games. Four. <laughs> four in a row. I'd also like to point out it's just as hard to get them all wrong <laughs> as it is to get them all right. Uh, different sides of the same coin if you will. So, you know, I think maybe Illinois fans uh, are okay with that. I mean, maybe they weren't on last Thursday when I picked Illinois to beat Ohio State and the opposite happened, but, you know, I reverse jinx to win at Michigan on Sunday. We're getting to that point where our uh, sports writers uh, in the fall make staff picks for high school games, and there are times when coaches will call up the writer and say, pick against us because it helps. It fires up the guys. Maybe... Brad Underwood texts you, say, hey, I know Iowa's not the normal Iowa, but take the Hawkeyes on Thursday. And about those Nittany Lions, I know they've, they're bottom four, got a first-year coach, but go they're, ahead. They're, not, they're actually just outside the bottom four. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, like by a, a game, so they could slip this week. Uh, I can't take Penn State. I could take Iowa, though. Oh, they're playing. Watch your Hawkeye mouth, Richie. I mean, not that not that I'm going to necessarily, but Iowa's probably playing their best basketball right now. Then mm. um, they finally, you know, actually beaten some yeah, teams they, of note. They somehow got past Nebraska. They must be at the top of their game. Well, it was more just the beating the pants off of Michigan State. Um, they're they're not bad. I mean, they're ranked number twenty four this week. Um, moved up a spot, but I will probably pick Illinois twice this week, and 
if my streak continues, that's not terrific for the Illini's chances of a Big Ten regular season title, which is still on the board. All right, great week for a uh, great finish to the week for Illinois basketball, winning at Michigan. Ed Bonds, our co-producer, he was supplying photos from his perch at Chrysler Center. Scott Ritchie was there early and often uh, checking in. Kind of a game I expected uh, played out the way it did. You should have asked me, Scott Ritchie. I'll help you with your prediction record. I'm I'm in the know because back in the day, I had like a thirty and two record. All right, <clears throat> that one year, two thousand one. Yeah, but you had an Illinois team that like, it was just sort of clear that they were going to win as often as they did. Was it now? Were you around then? Whippersnapper, were you even born then? <laughs> I mean, I'll take that as a compliment. I, mean, I was in, I guess I was in high school at that point. Okay. No, no, wait, no, might have been eighth grade. Um, but yeah, this is... Yeah, the Big Ten is a little different. Taking shop class, I'm guessing, at Eureka. I never took shop class. Uh, it was offered, though. It's just, I mean, this is a tough Big Ten to read because crazy things happen. I mean, who would have thought that Rutgers would, well, except for maybe me, I'm a big Rutgers fan, um, have knocked off three ranked teams in a row. Right. Four ranked teams in a row. Illinois in position for a share of the well, – shoot, they're in position for an outright still, you know, as crazy as this yeah, season I mean, has been. That's going to require a little extra help and essentially Nebraska beating Wisconsin mm-hmm. uh, in the final game of the season for both teams. Less likely to happen. But also, I mean, Purdue needs to win against Wisconsin on Tuesday mm-hmm. and then – Lose to Indiana over the weekend. Which is not out of the question. Right. I, mean, I mean, the Hoosiers are, you know – yeah, not yeah. great, but they could win that game. I, I don't think that Nebraska can beat Wisconsin. I mean, that's that's the one that probably won't happen for Illinois to somehow win an outright Big Ten title. Of course, they also have to beat Penn State and Iowa. Yeah. Nonetheless, the schedule plays out in Illinois' uh, favor, not only the competition but the timing of that. Uh, they got a little break before Thursday, then Sunday night, the last game of the Big Ten season, correct? We'll know what's at stake. Uh, they'll know how to celebrate. They don't have to wait like the 2005 team did. Don't have to have to wait their fake Big Ten title celebration after the end of the season, even though they had won it much earlier, right? Yeah, well, when you only lose the once. That's... I'm just saying, there'll be an authentic celebration to come Sunday night, should it play out that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, what happens earlier in the week will sort of dictate if there's, you know, lots of celebration, but... I think they always celebrate a win against Iowa at, you know, in mm-hmm. the last few years. The, those those count for a little more. As I mean, I would assume we said it last year, they just don't like each other. And I think that's carried over this year because a lot of the same players are involved. I mean, as long as DeMonte Williams and Connor McCaffrey are playing for their respective teams, I guess there's going to be some de- dislike there. Fun stuff. Great crowd for the Ohio State game, by the way. Um, I thought the, the comeback um, was – one of those kind of moments you don't forget the crowd just going berserk. It wasn't just a loud crowd. It was a berserk crowd. Yeah, I mean, I can't recall maybe the crowd being at that level before. Um, just sort of unreal. And it got to that point because, I mean, Illinois squandered a double-digit lead midway through the first half and down by 16 a couple times in the second half. Brad Underwood gets tossed. 
that gets the crowd going, and then you know, Illinois. I mean, they hit desperation mode. So I mean, they're putting the full court press in, um, moved to kind of their small ball lineup after Kofi Coburn fouled out, um, which turns out it's maybe a really good look for them, especially if Coleman Hawkins is playing the way he has really the last couple of weeks. Like he's sort of found his place again in the rotation and what he needs to do to be personally successful, but also for the, the team to be successful. Um, yeah, the crowd was whipped into a frenzy. Um, crossed the line, apparently. I mean, I the worst I heard was some, you know, expletive you, EJ, but I'm at the other end from the Ohio State bench. And, and EJ kind of tweeted about it. Chris Holtman mentioned it post game that you know, some of the things said were maybe not kosher. Um, I mean, there, there's a way to be, you know, go at the other team, which is it's part of the game. But like, I don't know. If your mom's going to be embarrassed by what you say, maybe don't say it. Well, Ed Bond was saying bad things about you before the podcast started. I tried to <laughs> defend you. I said, no, no, Scott's really not like that. Did you or did you? <laughs> no, I played along. I started <laughs> poking you, him. You missed this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you, Scott. You know that. We're going to be nice to you again for a second straight podcast, in fact. Well, it, just, it took us a while to get there. But. <laughs> How'd your AP Top 25 ballot look this week? I, I understand Illinois dropped. Yeah. Everybody lost. Why'd Illinois drop? Well, the top of the the poll didn't change much because you know Saturday was the first time like ever in the history of the AP ranking teams that the teams ranked them numbers one through six all lost on the same day. Crazy Saturday. Um, there there are more losses down the poll, not as many. Um, so you know, teams that had a better week kind of jumped up a little bit, but. Yeah, a five-spot drop for Illinois, number 20. I had them 19. Okay. The same time they're dropping five spots, they're also getting national attention as the trendy Final Four pick. What am I to believe? I believe the rankings or the the trendy Final Four pick talk? Since I vote in the rankings, I put that like at 1A, but they've always kind of been the trendy Final Four pick this year. Um I mean, they started the season ranked, what, number 11, I believe, in the preseason poll. So kind of outside of that, like, top, top tier. Um, But I think it's just the fact that only now, you know, in the final week or couple weeks of the season, like, is Illinois looking like maybe everyone thought it would heading into the season. Um, I mean, offensively, Sunday's game at Michigan, like, that's what I think that's what everyone expected Illinois to be. You know, obviously Kofi Coburn dominant in the paint, shooters around him, Andre Curbelo, you know, running some really good uh, ball screen action with Kofi, you know, it was pick and roll. Um defensively it was maybe not quite, you know, up to their regular level, but if they can replicate what they did offensively against Michigan through March Maybe play a little bit better defense. Um, yeah, like they're they have the pieces to be that trendy Final Four pick. Um, they just haven't shown that consistently all year because I mean Andre Carbello missed fourteen games, Kofi missed five, Trent missed a couple. Um, Two thirds of the team had COVID. I mean, just 
a lot of things happen. I mean, R.J. Melendez, I mean, when Brad Underwood said last week that, yeah, R.J. <laughs> had appendicitis and emergency surgery, I was like, okay, I mean, that's just like what else could happen? I mean, like that's just another, you know, kind of, I mean, unexpected. Like you don't expect an appendicitis, you know, in the season. That's just one of the things that pops up. But um, full strength, Illinois? Yeah, sure. Final four team. All right, smarty pants. Let's say <clears throat> Purdue beats Wisconsin, and they both uh, Boilers and Badgers win their final game. Illinois goes two and zero. Where are they seated in the Big Ten tournament? Have you studied that yet? With all the tiebreakers, that appears to be a no. That was a no sign by Scott Ritchie. I caught yeah. him off guard. <laughs> yeah, you did. <clears throat> um, let's see. Illinois have been three way tie at the top. So Illinois has lost twice to Purdue. Wouldn't be ahead of them. Okay. Um, so probably, I think they'd probably be. Th- Let's work on that. Would be Let's third, get, I think. Maybe you can uh, get, do a good morning Illini Nation on that with uh, some updates, uh, since you're disappointing our podcast audience. Well, you also like literally just sprung that on me with that's no what warning. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Was like, and like three just came t- into my head. Actually, like, if, like three way. Like when there's more than two teams tied, okay. where like a, just a normal tiebreaker, like. It gets really complicated. All right, Ohio State kind of threw itself out of the mix last night by getting thumped by Maryland. Not a great loss okay. for Ohio State. Like, Anybody else hanging around that might like actually win the Big Ten that we have not been talking about? That's another one. Uh, no, I mean, okay. I don't think there's enough games left. for. I didn't buy it when uh, the talk months ago was, I, I think, uh, I might have been humble it said, I, you know, the Big Ten winner is going to have five or six losses. And at that point, you know, no one had more than like one, Purdue and Illinois didn't. I thought, no way. I thought Purdue and Illinois, I thought Purdue and Illinois were so far better than the rest of the Big Ten that neither would be suffering so many losses. But here we are. Yeah, and, and at least have four. I mean, Michigan, or right. not Michigan, Wisconsin. Man, it's been a long season. Wisconsin could win out. It'd be, yep. be 16-4. But, um Yeah, I mean, I I thought four might have been the max, but it's a it's a tough league, and Wisconsin has been much much better than I think anyone anticipated. Yeah, and when I say Wisconsin's been better, Johnny Davis has been better because the rest of the team's kind of yeah. Without Johnny Davis, they're maybe eighth in the Big Ten. All right, you know I'm already worrying about the NCAA tournament. No offense to regular season and Big Ten tournament finishes, but the last year the Big Ten flamed out, Illinois included, in the NCAA tournament. Is there any reason we should think they're not, it's not going to happen again, league-wide? The different the style of ball, is it? Well, I mean, the Big Ten hasn't had, like, the greatest tournament reputation. One NCAA tournament title in what, since 30 years? I mean, 2000 was the last one. Uh, crazy, not happy. Trying to think, like I mean, Purdue made the Elite Eight. Um, the Carson Edwards team—that's about the last decent run. Um, I'm just—you're not, not helping me. You're not picking my spirits up, Scott Rich. I thought you were going to give me some evidence to say no, it's not going to happen this year. Well, I don't think anyone expected it to happen last year. Uh, I mean, Purdue, like this year's Purdue team, similar to to last year's, where terrific offensively. Not great defensively, so you know if they can't stop, um, 
whoever the trendy 15 seed is or whatever uh, could blow it again. But, I mean, I don't think the Big Ten can be as bad as they were in last year's tournament because it was, like, just across the board with save for Michigan. Just awful. Probably can't be that bad again. Because they're good teams, and I don't know what happened last year. But I think they're still good teams this year. Um, I think there'll be some tough outs. Like, like, like Rutgers, they play themselves into the tournament. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> Real tough. All right, why did Illinois dress up uh, for the road trip? I don't understand. Wearing suits. That's true. Frazier talked about it afterwards. He okay. said that they just kind of understood that it was a, a business trip, and they had you know, they understood what's still at stake. You know, in the at that point, the final three games of the regular season. So I was like, oh, "We're gonna we're gonna dress up." So that was just a, a player. Okay, work. Look good. Yeah, Trent said that he uh, was the most dapper. Did he? Know? That, that he styled <laughs> it the best. Uh, I thought Brandon Pajimski's bow tie was okay. was pretty snazzy. Uh, Kofi was looking good. Like the, I mean, it was kind of business casual. Didn't have the tie, kind of the, the open collar. He just he looked ready to take on Michigan, which he did. He got the better of Hunter Dickinson in, the, in their second matchup. Does the uh, media corps have something planned for Thursday's game? No. Okay, just checking. Maybe you need to organize that, Scott Ritchie. Maybe overalls day. I don't have any. I mean, not anymore. I used Carhartt. To, I have some Carhartt, but not like I can't go like a f- full Carhartt suit. Yeah, besides, it. I mean, it'd be way too hot. Like all my Carhartt's cold weather gear. That's Scott Ritchie every morning. Good morning, Illini Nation. Check it out; it's great stuff. Six a.m. Illini HQ. Go ahead while we consider what data you're going to bring for our weekly installment. Um, your power poll. Has it changed? To be fair, I don't remember what I had last week other than I think it was Kofi 1, Trent 2. Same. Okay. Um, it was 3. I'm going to move first half Alfonso Plummer into you can't do that. the 3 spot. Well, then, you can't. then Alfonso Plummer because his first okay. halves have been great. Yeah. Second halves have been less inspiring. Do you want one of these times to see him do that in the second half and maybe go quiet in the first half? I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter when his points come because, I mean, second half at Michigan, you know, Kofi took over and then Trent, you know, closed it out. It's just, uh, I mean, the reason he didn't play much in the second half against Michigan was he was really struggling to slow down Devontae Jones and by not slowing him down at all. Um, and Andre Curbelo was a little better defensively, so he got, he was on the court late. Um, so yeah, it doesn't, I guess, and the, the big picture doesn't matter when the shots fall. I mean, he did score 26 points. I mean, he'll take that level of production. But it's just it's curious, though. I mean, over the last six games, how big a disparity is between his first half and second half scoring. And a lot of it's like, I don't know if teams forget in between games that he can get off a three with, like, like bare minimum of time and space needed. Um but then he makes like four or five or six in the first half, and then they remember. And then they, he has been defended differently on the last two games in the second half. 
um, Chris Holtman said that they changed their entire coverage uh, defensively to slow him down and Michigan you know, switched things up a little bit as well, just kind of how they handled him coming off screens. So it's just a peculiar, a pe- peculiar, I can't say that word. It's a strange stat. There you go. Uh, That's a strange problem you're having. Yeah. Man. Again, it's been peculiar. a long season. Thank you. Uh, no, but so three Alfonso Plummer. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. give him the three spot. All right. Tell, uh, revisit that recruitment. How did he wind up here? Who gets credit for this find of the season among transfer portal options? Well, I guess we, we start at the beginning, and uh, Tyler Underwood is sort of Illinois' eye on the portal. And he's perusing it, I think, every day which is a job that becomes much more hectic uh, as soon as the the season is over for whatever team because players will start pouring into the portal. Um, But the next part is like knowing what kind of player they were looking for and they they wanted and both needed a shooter. So obviously he shot the ball really well and also at a a high level playing in the Pac-12. and then it becomes the sales pitch, and what Illinois was able to sell was their player development, and then a not insignificant portion of that, you know, transfer recruitment <coughs> has to go to Andre Corbella because they're both from Puerto Rico. They, I mean, they knew of each other because that basketball circle is not huge, but they weren't like. Super tight, you know, back you know, in Puerto Rico, um, but they're aware of each other, and you know, Curbelo helped seal the deal. I mean, made the pitch that like you can come to Illinois, be successful, but also get better. And to be fair, Alfonso Plummer is playing better now than he did in either of his two seasons at Utah. Congrats to Tyler Underwood. Is what I'm saying. I mean, I just I assume he had a an early role because he's, yeah. he's he's the guy that. Part of his job is, okay, you've got to know like who, everyone who's in the portal. Speaking of uh, assistants and helpers uh, for the program, you spent some time in Lincoln last week. Explain yourself. Yeah, I'm going to have a story. I don't know when it's coming out. Soon. Um, sort of on the uh, the Alexander family. Yeah. Neil Alexander, uh, Hall of Fame coach, legend. At Lincoln, has been there three decades, more than three decades, has, I don't know, about a billion wins. The court's named after him already, and he's still coaching. And also, their athletic director, because he retired from teaching, is like, well, I'll just be part-time AD and basketball coach still. Um, then his son Jeff, obviously, is an assistant at Illinois, uh, played for Brett Underwood at Western, uh, coached with him there. Coached with him at what they did, Beach, then came back when he got the Illinois job. Um, his brother Greg is on staff at Lincoln. Um, kind of strikes me as like the heir apparent because you know, I went over and watched the practice, and um, Greg was running you know, a lot of it. But just kind of a, a basketball coaching family, and you know Neil's got a, a grandson that's the head coach at Blackburn College. So just be a story kind of about about them. Was uh, the rumor circulating in the newsroom is that <clears throat> Coach Underwood got tossed on purpose to to help your story uh, on Thursday night because it put 
Jeff in the in the lead role maybe gave you more fodder? Is that is that rumor true? I mean, it's questionable veracity, but certainly didn't hurt. You know, to see, you know, Jeff out there kind of the running the show, and I mean, his goal is to be a head coach someday. So got a little little bit of experience there, but uh, it, it was. I mean, he was kind of the the one that was designated, you know, head coach. But you know, Chester Frazier was still, you know, acting as defensive coordinator. Um, Tim Anderson was kind of handling personnel and subs. So it was a, it was a group effort, but. I mean, Jeff got the, I guess, top billing because he was the one that could st- still complain to the officials. All right, all that coaching uh, turnover that had many fans uh, up in arms in the off season, all good, right? Seems to be sure. Um, and haven't really missed a beat on the recruiting front. I mean, you know, Chester Frazier was instrumental. Excuse me, instrumental in landing Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris, um, Tim Anderson. Same deal with, with Ty Rogers. Um, and Brad Underwood's a big fan of Ty Rogers. Uh, so, I mean, it was a, a really strange spring because you don't see a team that had just had a number one seed in the NCAA tournament lose all three assistant coaches in one fell swoop. And. It's been okay. All right, go ahead with your data. I'll allow it. You sure? Yeah. Ed Ed Bond says yes. I rely on him. Because okay. unfortunately, I left too much time at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I think you'd have this. You'd, you'd have this timed out better. Where we'd be like, oh well, that's the <laughs> that's end, it. and no time for any data. Um, I mean, I know how much. You love points for possession. Yeah. It's one of your favorites. But when I discussed Illinois being offensively like what everyone thought that they would be mm-hmm. against Michigan, and the points for possession, you know, back that up. Almost 1.3 points per possession, which is... That's good, is what you're telling me. Ridiculously high. If you get, like, one... Or a little over, like just over one, like hundreds of a point over one. That's okay. that's pretty good. Almost one point three. That's just great. It's bonkers. Uh, I just can't can't believe it. Can't believe they did so well. Yeah, yeah. Points, rebounds, assists, buddy. Well, they scored ninety three points. Um, didn't so much dominate the rebounding, but got key ones. Right. And. Uh, <clears throat> Congratulations to Brian Barnhart for uh, for thinking of Roger Powell seconds after Coleman Hawkins slammed home his own miss. It's exactly what every Illinois fan who is old enough was thinking. I guarantee it. Well, Brian's got that institutional now. Yes, he does. And it was a it was that once a sort of awkward play and also a great play by Coleman Hawkins because the initial shot. Um, so he attacked the basket without, I think, really knowing what he was going to do with the ball, which, you know, you like to have a plan. Because when you don't, you get to the point where you sort of gyro step into an off-balance, I've got to do something with it, floater. Um, 
He had the wherewithal, and he did what every youth basketball coach just tries to hammer home with their team because he followed his own shot. And I mean, obviously kind of was helped out by a really good bounce off the off his own miss, but a terrific play out of a kind of a what are you thinking, Coleman play. All right, Sunday night, senior night. Uh, who's going to say goodbye and rank them in order of emotional response by the crowd? Well, we touched on this last week. The three that like have to say goodbye: uh, Trent, Monte, Alfonso. Okay. Uh, I think the I think Trent will get the the biggest response, um, just because of all he's done in five years, um, how he's grown his game in five years. And I know there's, I mean, like a lot of, there's been a lot of discussion this season as like he's played pretty well on both sides. It was like <laughs> that he should get his jersey you know, up in the rafters. And like he's had a really good Illinois career, but there's like specific criteria that he has not yet met to get that. Um, but it's not like he'll be forgotten. But I think the fans will. We'll cheer him the most. What do you do with Kofi? I don't know. I think I just don't know because, like, it's not like a guarantee, hundred percent guarantee that he's gonna be gone. I mean, I think everyone expects him to not come back for a fourth year, but. NIL changes that calculus a little bit. Um, What's your gut feeling? I'll say if, if I think he'll go through it. Doesn't mean he can't come back. I heard that. <laughs> what? I mean, Trent and Demonte before are gonna, twice. Trent and Demonte are going to get two senior nights. So if Kofi does, he'll go through uh, a junior night uh, on Sunday against. Uh, I guess before the Iowa game, he can always do it again next year if he decides that another season in orange and blue is what he wants. All right, that's Scott Ritchie, our guy. I know he's struggling with his prediction record, but we forgive you, Scott Ritchie, for your excellent coverage. Looking forward to that. Kylan Boswell, looking forward to your coverage of that today. Doesn't sound good. Is that right? Well, if you're an Arizona fan. Okay. Right. Sounds like it'll be good for you. But Then we're looking forward to the IGSA tournament coming back to town here in uh, less than two weeks. Uh, let's hope some Illinois recruits or targets make it so we have reason to go to those games. More reason to go to those games. And it's, I mean, I, I could miss them all because I could be in Indianapolis in the Big Ten tournament depending on what Illinois does. So it's kind of unfortunate that they're at the same time. All right, Scott Ritchie, we'll talk to you next Monday.